Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, live from our studios at the Seaport in New York and jam-packed on this morning. Tons of draft stuff going on. Fascinating comments. NBA news is all around us, but of course, it is the week of Super Bowl 58, and that's the only place to begin. Here we go! Only one place to start. This is about the best player in the history of the game, Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady could be the GOAT because he got the Super Bowl. He's the best player in the history of the game. We are taking for granted greatness. If he wins the Super Bowl and he walks away, his career is better than those that we have considered in that GOAT conversation at different times. Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, etc. He's better. Nothing is really going to stop him unless he gets hurt. He really feels like he's not slowing down. So I think if I had to choose one, I'm going to bet on him to be the greatest. I'm going to bet on him to win four more. That's the storyline going in. Look, there are so many fascinating storylines to this Super Bowl, but if we remove the Taylor Swift factor from it, there is no question. This game is about Patrick Mahomes. It's about the legacy continuing to build of a player who, by the time it's all said and done, may very well wind up being the greatest that we've ever seen. He's already the best that I've ever seen, but that doesn't make him the greatest. He's got a long way to go. Dan Graziano, he himself said that yesterday. He put it in great perspective. I've never seen anyone play the position better, but he has a lot more things to accomplish before he can be the greatest. He knows that, and he knows that this Sunday is a big step in that. He does, and I think the lesson to take from his comments is we need to enjoy this, right? Like, let's not worry about that yet. With like, Is he the greatest? Could he be the greatest? Like this is this is special what we're watching and, and watching it come together is special. If if we look 10, 12 years from now and say, yes, he accomplished all that. He surpassed Brady. He's the greatest of all time. Then then we'll count ourselves lucky to have watched it happen. Right. I mean, that, that's the whole point of this. So and the other thing is, by the way, he could lose he could lose the game. Right. And then then what are we talking about th- at that point? Now he's two and two in Super Bowls. and He's got even longer to go to catch Brady. So, uh, yeah, I think it's special what's going on there. I think it's you know, we talked about it on the show. Him and Andy Reid are the are the new Brady and Belichick. How many can they win together? Uh, it, it's it's cool. This is one of those things you tell you'll tell your your grandkids about. Well, it, you made an interesting analogy this morning. I. He reminds me of Jordan. Yes. I, I spent a lot of time around Jordan very early in my life and, and during his career. You spent a lot of time around Derek Jeter, and you yeah. tell me he reminds you of him, too. Hmm. Just because of the way he performs in the postseason, right? Like, he, Jeter was a guy that, you know, that, that whether it was the ALCS or the World Series or a game in May, like, he was, it was, it was a baseball game. I've got to show up and play the baseball game. Like, that was it. And I think in clutch moments, what makes clutch players clutch is they stay the same in the clutch moments. And that's times when other people lose their minds and fall apart and start doing things they don't normally do uh, to their own detriment. So that reminds me of, uh, of Jeter a bit. I mean, it seems like Jeter, knowing, knowing uh, having covered him, and then obviously what we know about Jordan, it seems like both those guys had a little bit more of an edge. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, and that's not to say Patrick doesn't have an edge. It's just like, um, he kind of, he kind of seems like maybe a nicer guy. Right. Right. In maybe. Terms of, right. Like he able, able to compete without all, without being sort of the, the, the sort of perpetually angry and driven about it. And I think that's, that's a special thing about him too. There has to be some, I'm not sure if angry or driven has to be inside of you, but there's got to be some fire. Like Lewis brought up the point this morning on TV that if you watched the quarterback uh, features, uh, what are the, that's what I'm looking for, you know, the, the streaming show quarterback that they did on Netflix, that you saw what, what this, the work this guy puts in. There's got to be some fire when you've got a half a billion dollars 
guaranteed no matter what else ever happens and you were beloved and a superstar mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff and the world is your oyster and to be doing the things that he does all that champions are made in the dark yeah. when no one is watching stuff there's got to be something going on inside of you. Well, I think we've seen it come through a little bit too, right? The, the thing with the officials at the end of the game against yeah. the Bills, and obviously oh, we saw that. Was very critical right? of Patrick then. And, you uh, were very critical of Patrick. As were you. That was a bad moment for them. And it was. And he admitted it the very next day. He honestly. sure did. He was critical of himself. I think in he fact, was defending. I think on some level he was defending his guy. I think he was. Yeah. He knew that Kadarius Tony had screwed that thing yeah, up. Yeah, he couldn't rip Kadarius. Beyond belief. Sure. Exactly right. And so he was trying to unite his group around a common enemy. What do you think of that? That's it's a perfectly fine strategy, and it's very difficult to poke holes at anything Patrick Mahomes has yeah. done. But that that was a galvanizing moment for that team in that season, and that's what great leaders do. And I think in the Netflix documentary, we saw the way he works officials, right? The way he, you know, so it's not like there's nothing there. It's not like he's, a, but fundamentally, he's not a player for whom much has gone wrong, mm. right? <laughs> like we haven't we haven't seen him have to overcome a lot of real adversity. Like this year was his first road playoff game, right? Like that was, and it's his sixth year as a starter. <laughs> so like, like that's, the, and they, they seem to enjoy that, right? Like he embraced that. Oh yeah, let's go on the road and be the bad guys. He's running off the field at the end of the Buffalo game, kind of, you know, getting the crowd fired up and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think he was like, oh cool, I can be a little bit of a villain now. That's, that's fun too. But he even did that, he even did that with a smile on his face i'm looking over there the season that they had here that game that we're talking about was the buffalo game yes so after that they beat the patriots and they lost i was about to say did they lose another game they did to the raiders they lost to the raiders on christmas yeah that was ugly and then they beat cincinnati and the chargers and and now here they are two more wins three more wins later and on, on to the super bowl we go you hear hembo the whole hashtag crew is around us here and we have a million things to get to i did not get to uh, this with you yesterday dan but Aside from the Super Bowl stuff, the Caleb Williams stuff is yeah. very interesting to me. So Cliff Kingsbury is now the OC in Washington. His relationship with Caleb Williams, well-documented. The Bears have the first pick. Washington has the second. Caleb Williams is from Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. I've not heard him say, and I don't know that anyone has, I want to go to Washington. But many of us, many people, are speculating that he may. What are you hearing as we enter the draft season. Yeah, a lot of it's up to the Bears, who have the one pick, right? If, if he's their guy and they want to move Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams at number one or restart the quarterback clock with a prospect they see as transformational, then there's really nothing Washington can do about that. We've seen that in the past. Uh, four years ago when Cincinnati had the one pick and Joe Burrow was coming out, they rejected all overtures from other teams trying to move up to get that pick, no matter what they were offering. Burrow was more important. And if that's the way the Bears feel about Caleb Williams, then I think Washington's out of luck. Now, they hire Cliff Kingsbury, maybe with an eye toward that. Maybe they think he can convince Caleb Williams to kind of push it that way. But, you know, they also, I think, I think they, they do it with an understanding that he might end up having to coach somebody else. Drake May at North Carolina played in something like an air raid system that, that jives with what Kingsbury coaches. Um, and and, and Jaden Daniels has the, the two-way ability the, of, like, say, for instance, a Kyler Murray that, that Kingsbury coached. Uh, in Arizona. So it's possible they're thinking of he could coach any of these guys, but uh, I, I do think Caleb would be the guy they would love to get, and I would not be surprised to see Washington make that kind of an effort. The question is whether they can, whether, whether the Bears are even open for business. There were some suspicious things that happened in the last few days as it relates to this position. So mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury, we thought was going to be the OC in Vegas. He's not. Right. Ben Johnson either pulled out from that job or they didn't want him. It's hard to say Some exactly combination of what happened. Two. So it strikes me that over the last handful of days, like 
something has happened in regards to like what people you know in power there are hearing about, whether it be who the ownership likes at quarterback, what they might be willing to do there. Like I'm just trying to connect the dots. Am I am I taking it too far? Well, the head coach thing feels like like they really wanted to talk to Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, uh, the mm-hmm. you know the the who got the Seahawks job, uh, and they had to wait until the conference championship games were over in order to do that, in order to bring those guys in uh, or, or go to visit them. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they waited a while, and, and, and whatever happened with Ben Johnson, whether he decided to stay, whether he found out he wasn't Washington's guy and decided to get out ahead of it. And, and McDonald was a guy that they, it, I think they liked a lot. Might have been their top choice, but the Seahawks got him, whether, mm-hmm. they, whether they offered more, whether he preferred that job, whatever. So I think they got to the point where they had waited a long time and been patient in their coaching search, and then at the end they have to hire somebody. And Quinn, who they like. I mean, he was always in the mix, Dan Quinn. And, and they, they like his experience and his leadership ability, but I also think they just kind of got going late. Whatever happened with Kingsbury and the Raiders, it did not work out. They could not reach an agreement on a contract, so uh, that made him available for Washington, and I think that was an opportunity they felt like they couldn't pass up, especially considering what we just talked about there's picking at number two, and they're likely to end up with one of these three young quarterbacks. Graziano in studio with us here. The hashtag crew rolling along on this Tuesday of Super Week. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. History does not have a lot of examples in this sport of players forcing their way out of draft spots they didn't want to go to. The reason that we remember John Elway and we remember Eli Manning is they're pretty much the only two guys ever to do it, to say, I'm not going there, Mm -hmm. so figure something else out. And Eli got what he wanted, and and Elway got what he wanted, and they both worked out great. Eli's going to the Hall of Fame. John Elway's on Mount Rushmore. So that worked out well for them. Caleb Williams has a unique leverage Which is to say he's the first of these guys in the NIL era. So, yes, there's infinitely more money to be made in the NFL than he's making now. But he does have all these commercials. Yeah. And they're probably not the only ways that he can make money if he remains in college. He hasn't hired an agent. What is your sense of how this thing is going to go? I I think... Caleb Williams gets drafted number one overall this year. I, I think the most likely is that it's by the Bears. But if they decide that it's not in their best interest, if he if he if he were and again hypothetical, 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 we do not know right. that that Caleb Williams doesn't want to play for the Bears. Maybe he does. Maybe that's his dream spot. Maybe he imagines himself as the first great you know Chicago Bears quarterback in whatever eighty years uh, and, and and taking them to new heights. But. If, if not, right, if he were to hypothetically communicate to them he didn't want to be there, he'd rather be in Washington, then maybe they, they pivot and they, and they switch and trade that. But I do believe he'll be pick number one, whether it's by Chicago or a team to whom Chicago trades the pick. Right, that's clear. I don't think there's yeah. any question. Well, that. what I'm saying is I don't think he's going to go back to school. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I, no, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. That's just something you could make as a threat. Sure. Um, and I suppose could theoretically – follow through on if if it really gets ugly with the bears but that i agree with you that that is extremely unlikely do you do you is there any chance because you know people and you talk to people and you hear things like i keep talking about the bears and justin fields in the past tense Mm -hmm. i've sort of moved on from that am i getting that wrong 
Is, is there still a world in which he stays there? Yeah, I don't know. I think the likelihood is that they move on from him and they make the pick, whether it's Caleb at one or maybe they move back to two or three, whatever, and, and, and pick a quarterback there uh, because of the fact of the, the resetting of the contract clock that we've talked about so much. But I don't, if, if they have already made that decision, then I don't know it, right? So I'll, I mean, I'll admit that. I wish I, I'd love to know exactly what their thought process is and where they stand in their decision. But my understanding of it is Ryan Poles – very deliberate, does not want to close any doors, didn't really make the final decision on last year's number one pick until he got to the combine and started talking deal with these teams and found out what was out there and what he could get and then weighed that against. We're moving down from one to nine, but we're getting this, and that's worth it, and we like Justin Fields. And so, we'll go- and by the way, Justin Fields last year was one year earlier in his rookie contract, mm-hmm. right? So now he's one year closer to, hey, we got to pay him. And that's another factor in this, because at some point in the next year or two, if they do keep him, they have to extend him. So I think factoring all that in, the likelihood is that they move on and they draft his replacement uh, this year. But if they have already made that decision, then it's not something I feel that I know and and could report. Otherwise, I definitely would. (laughs) Of that, I have no doubt. What are you thinking? There's basically three doors, right? Yeah. Behind door number one is keep Justin Fields. Behind door number two is draft Caleb Williams. Right. Door number three is the most intriguing one to me, which is you can trade Justin Fields, say, Mm -hmm. and get a two and a four. You can also trade the first pick Mm -hmm. back a spot or two and get your Justin Fields replacement and get a bunch of other stuff. Like in terms of like, we'll call it asset management. Yes. And we know this is how Ryan Poles operates because we just saw it last year. Yes. Who's to say that's not the best course of action for them? No, I, I think history says that it is, mm-hmm. right? Trading back in the draft is absolutely the right way to draft. Uh, and if you're able to trade Justin Fields and the one pick, all of a sudden, like, you go from having, what, seven draft picks to having, you know, 15, right? And, and now you've maybe transformed your franchise in that way. The, the, the wrench in the works in that theory is the quarterback position. Right. And the fact that these teams, when they find a guy that they think is the guy, Joe Burrow for the Bengals four years ago, right? That there's no price worth it. And if Caleb, if, if, if Caleb Williams is that guy to the Chicago Bears, then I think they'll stay put and take him. Right. Because as much sense as you're making. But, but, but uh, Burrow screws this up because we would have said the same thing about the Bengals then. Yes. These quarterbacks, are their fate is going to be determined by the situations they walk into. Right. If Caleb Williams was dra- is, dra- is drafted into a bad situation, he won't be the next Mahomes. And if he's drafted into a good situation, he will have a chance to be. And well, that's the reality regardless of who you take. We would not have thought that Zach Taylor was on solid ground in Cincinnati right. back when they were drafting Joe Burrow. And in fact, going into Burrow's second season, there was a thought that Zach Taylor was one of the hot seat coaches. He ends up in the Super Bowl and gets an extension uh so chicago finished the season strong made a trade deadline acquisition to solidify things on their defensive line in montez sweat also has the ninth pick right last year they acquired dj moore who turns out is a number one receiver and they drafted an offensive tackle in the first round they draft another offensive tackle or a wide receiver at that nine pick and then hit free agency a little bit you could, you could have a situation where Caleb Williams in Chicago is a situation that, that, that is more promising than we give it credit for right now. We will see. You're on your way to the airport? I'm going to Vegas. All right, good luck.
Yeah. Stay out of the casinos, my I man. will do my best. There's I'm eager of, for you to leave, by the way. A lot of, you're eager for me to leave? I'm eager for you to it's leave. It's not very nice. Because he's, he's t- you're taking his lunch money on the these trivia questions. I could pop on in, in, from Vegas. We got, a, you know, we got cameras I'm on. I'm fine. Here. Today right. was a tough one. Today, I can't believe you got today. <laughs> I spent two and a half hours putting that together. <laughs> two and a half And he hours. got it right just like that. It, it, was, a, it was a very tough question, uh, which we'll share in a minute because I'm like, tr- safe travels, oh, okay. my man. Thank Thanks. you. You're the best. We'll come back. Something is happening at the Super Bowl that I genuinely can't believe, and I'll tell you what it is next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. We just got some breaking news in the last 20 minutes or so that I will share with you in just a moment. And then we got to get into what's going on at the Super Bowl that I just cannot believe And then Hembo and I have uh, some exciting news today as well. So all that is in the hopper. But first, these 30 seconds for ESPN Bet, which is now live as the official sportsbook of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. You can sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in a legal gambling state. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We do have this breaking news from Woj. Um, It is just further information on Joel Embiid. Woj reporting that Embiid underwent a left meniscus procedure today. He'll be reevaluated in approximately four weeks. How his recovery goes over the next few weeks will be paramount, but there continues to be a belief that the door isn't closed on the possibility of his return this season. So, Hembo, that's the news from Woj this morning. I I guess it's as positive as anything you could hope for at this point, but I can't imagine things being any more bleak than they are that notwithstanding. It's devastating. It is absolutely devastating. Um, This changes absolutely everything, not just for the Sixers, but for the entire complexion of the Eastern Conference push and the trade deadline. And if I'm Daryl Morey right now in a sober moment, evaluating my chances to even reach the conference finals, 
I think this takes the Sixers from being hard buyers to, in my opinion, hard sellers. There is no obvious reason why the Sixers should tread water at this time. You have Joel Embiid next year entering his age 30 season, still in the back half of his prime. You're a cap space team this summer. You have Tyrese Maxey, who is an emerging star. You might as well go for broke and make yourself the most attractive team that you possibly can this summer. You're not necessarily punting on the season because you still might find your way in the playoffs. But let's be honest. There's no meaningful chance for this team to have a chance at a championship, which is the only objective that Daryl Morey actually has. Who are you trading? You're trading Tobias Harris and Nicholas Batum and any other piece that might complement a team with value so you can collect all the picks and uh, salary cap space that you possibly can to make yourself the most attractive team this summer. Okay, we'll see. Again, the Embiid thing is terrible in the little picture. It's terrible in the big picture. It's terrible in whatever picture it is you want to associate with it. Is he is a, a, an extraordinary player to watch and one of the most important people in the NBA. He's down, and we'll see if he is at all this season able to get back up. Meanwhile, I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know, uh, Bubba and Cam, there is something that Mr. Hembo and I would like you to know, and that is we made the announcement on Get Up this morning, and we'll announce it again. The pending release of our follow-up book. We did a book last year. We hope you know. We hope some of you enjoyed it. It was called Got Your Number, and we are doing a follow-up this year. It will be available in September, but it is available for pre-order now, and the book is called Got Your Answers, The 100 Greatest Sports Arguments Settled. So as simply as I can put it, here's the difference between the two books. The first book, I wanted to write about sports history. And with Hembo's extraordinary research, we chose the 100 great athletes and assigned them numbers. And I wrote about the history of sports, which is what I love. But what we, the feedback that we received was that people enjoyed that, but they were looking for more debate. That people in this day and age, they like the embrace debate. So that is what we're bringing you in this book. We take the 100 greatest sports arguments, the 100 greatest sports debates, and we settle them. Once and for all, done. I will answer every question you have with the extraordinary research of my man, Hembo, who also adds, at no extra charge... 100 sneaky Hembo trivia questions. So for every argument, there is a sneaky Hembo trivia that you'll be able to use with all your friends and everything else. So that is the book, and it is available for pre-order right now. It is called Got Your Answers. I could not possibly be more excited about this, uh, which I would describe as a labor, a labor of love for me, having spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours first researching this and then having these arguments with you to be able to assemble, in most cases, our top 10 lists to whatever questions we posed. Um, If there's anything that sports fans can agree on, it's that we love debate and we love ranking things. And this book will scratch that itch to the extent that if you are within the sound of our voice, and you are, you're absolutely going to love it. And there is something for every single sports fan. I can assure you that you will learn a lot, but I actually disagree with you. I don't think we're necessarily going to solve as many debates as debates that we're going to open. Because there's going to be an awful lot of people that say, oh, why is that number four and why is that number five? And that's kind of the point. I know, but we'll be right and they'll be wrong. (laughs) And that's the difference. So Bubba, just to give you an example, we have everything from the list of the 10 greatest games in sports history. Okay. The 10 greatest first overall picks in sports history, inclusive of all the sports. So the 10 greatest in order, overall number one picks in basketball, baseball, football, and hockey. Mm-hmm. We also have the 10 greatest sports movies of all time. And I, I broke them up into two categories. So the 10 greatest sports drama 
movies and the 10 greatest sports comedy movies. Those are just among the lists that we have, 100 of them in this book. What do you think of this, Bubs? Sounds like some good lists. I'm interested in getting a nice copy set up to Bristol. Let's go. <laughs> so there was a big controversy with our first book because, Bubba, yeah. it is my understanding that you just received that book two weeks ago. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I mean, to be clear, I did make a purchase of one. So I did purchase one, but I was also looking to get, you know, maybe get a nice signed copy to someone you've known for 15 years. Mm. Um, so, yes, uh, I guess you did apparently sign one six months ago, but that copy was handed to me by an unnamed boss. <laughs> Three weeks ago. Mm, meaning so, Justin. Yes. Okay. So we signed that book for you in June. We gave it to <laughs> yeah. Justin I in got June. it in June. Yes. And that, what, uh, yeah, exactly. That makes it even better. For some reason, Cam got it in June, and I got it three weeks ago. So <laughs> Justin, make that makes sense. Justin introduced It'll us be in at the a signing in June. So Justin like, read, what, like one chapter a week, <laughs> a week <laughs> until <laughs> a viewer copy? With he my took book, his time yeah. with it. Uh, anyway, so that's the book. It, it, it'll be available in September. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But in the interim, we are delighted for it, and we hope that you will enjoy it as much, half as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Meanwhile, the scoop. something is going on at the Super Bowl that I genuinely cannot believe. When I read this story yesterday, I had to read it two or three times before I believed it. The Super Bowl is the biggest event in the world. We have spent nothing but time talking about the enormity of the event, the enormity of the audience, the enormity of the interest, the enormity of the money that is generated around this thing. Yesterday, sources told Adam Schefter that members of the 49er organization are not satisfied with the practice field they've been given this week at UNLV. Apparently, the NFL installed a sod field on top of the current field. Sources told Schefter that sod field was installed just last week. Even though the NFL normally requires Super Bowl practice fields to meet certain standards in December. Listen to this. The NFL's hardness score for fields, I don't know what that means exactly, but you can just sort of picture it, averages 78. No field score is less than 70. The Niners' field of practice for this week lands somewhere in the 50s. How is this possible? How could this possibly happen? What could be more? What, when you were making the original plans, like whenever it was they decided that Vegas was hosting this Super Bowl years ago, one of the first things you think about is, where are the teams going to practice? What are we going to do about the fields? How could this sod have just been laid a week ago and the field be well below NFL standards? It is impossible for me to believe. What do we say? What am I supposed to say about this? I don't know because we have the technology to ha- uh, to, to suspend a, a pregnant woman 60 feet in the air during the Super Bowl halftime show last year. Right. And meanwhile, <laughs> the 49ers are practicing in a swamp. I don't know how it's possible either. Like, if we're gonna if we're gonna decide, like, this is a big deal to us. Like, this should be one of the first things that you prioritize. No, I, like I just said, it's the most important thing. Like number one. Now the, the 49ers, football field itself. The 49ers were given the option. I, again, I'm not making this up. I swear to you, this sounds like it should be in the Onion. The 49ers were given the option of moving to a different place, but they didn't want to disrupt everything that they have planned, so they just decided to make the best of it, and they're, quote-unquote, dealing with the soft practice field. (laughs) God help us. 
if one of their players gets hurt, I mean, oh. if, if we lose McCaffrey or Kittle, or what, I don't even want to put that into the universe. What I'm saying is this is impossible to believe. How could this happen? How? Bubba, let me ask you, because many of you may not know this, but Bubba, long before his now storied career in radio production, Bubba was a very high-ranking senior uh, executive at the National Football League and worked very closely with Commissioner Pete Rozelle back in the day and obviously was involved in, in um, you know, in the creation of the Super Bowl and, and taking it to the level that it has. Where does the, you know, the, the creation of the practice field of, 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 of establishing where the team is going to practice, like where does this normally fall and how would you explain this, um, what seems to be total failure on the part of the NFL? Yeah, I think they fired that guy uh, 25 years ago. Um, no, I, I think it's, it's kind of, I'm thinking it's almost kind of similar to the, what we always see almost every four years with the Olympics and the amount of money that obviously the Olympics have and they generate. And then every year, every four years with like the Olympic Village, because they're always building. You guys are four on two on the trip. The next. And, uh, Right over there, uh, they're building new. They're building new stadiums and and villages and stuff. And there's always a disaster with that, where it's like stuff isn't made, stuff isn't built. The athletes have nowhere to live. And it's always a disaster. You're like, how is this possible? You've known for 30 years it's going to be in this location, but it keeps happening. And I, I just think they they don't pro- prioritize the correct things. To, mm. to your point, like you're, they're so worried about whatever the fan experience and the TV experience, and like even what Hembo's saying that the halftime show they're. <laughs> They're worried about all these other things, and honestly, the what the players and what happens to them is way, 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 way down on the list, and this is the problem. It just doesn't make sense, Cam. You, you're of course, a, a, you know, a young but very intelligent person. How do you? How would you assess the significance of this situation? I think it's significant, especially when we go back to. The Chiefs are at top-of-the-line facility in Allegiant Stadium. They're <laughs> practicing in the stadium they're going to play in or at least you know on those practice fields similar area something like that i assume it's similar field they've got top of the line dining rooms meeting rooms all this stuff i can't imagine unlv's stadiums and facilities are up to that standard i just can't believe they're not in at least the same area or the same kind of facility and this is the second year in a row where we've had field problems at the super bowl the uh Last year, they're they're slipping all over the field. People are complaining about that. You would think that that would be a top priority. I guess it, w- it will be for the game, but not for the, the team practicing. It doesn't make any sense. It was a storyline last year, Glendale, Arizona, a slick field causing footing problems for the Chiefs and Eagles. The field at Allegiant Stadium for this game is a sod surface that will be rolled in from outside before the game. So I... Look, will this have any impact on the game? I certainly hope not, and it probably won't. It's probably not the end of the world, but it just strikes me as almost impossible to believe by, by the that way, it's happening. As an aside, h- how long have you been covering sports professionally? I mean, 33 years. What if I told you that the city of Las Vegas would someday host a Super Bowl? If I told you that five years ago, would you have believed me? Five years ago, maybe. I mean, 30 years ago, certainly not. Like, look... I have been, there were a few things that I've been right about. I've been wrong about almost everything. And so here's here's long been my philosophy. I'm very comfortable telling you when I'm right about something on the air because I'm the first to acknowledge. I'm wrong about nine out of every ten things, I think. But I remember 
Oh, you want me to give you a little story? I would play my story time thing, but my, by the way, Bubba, my screen has gone dead. I got nothing over here. It keeps going on and off and on and off. That's why you heard that sound bite because I'm trying to fix it myself on the fly while we're on the air. I can't do it, so whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm very good, but I'm not perfect. Mm. Anyway, here's the point of the story. The very first talk show they ever let me host was in June of 1992. It was after the NBA Finals. Might have actually already been the beginning of July. The super dead time of year. And they let those of us who were not hosts fill in and host talk shows on the radio station when the regular hosts were off on vacation. And as you, well, you've, you've now gotten the opportunity to work with me, and so I'm the one making these decisions. But I'm telling you that I, when I was hosting, I spent weeks thinking about what things do I want to talk about. Mm. And I remember vividly the two things that we talked about on that show were, number one, College athletes should get paid. That the, the college athletes' amateurism rules made no sense at all. And I talked about it at great length. And the second was that gambling should be legal. Those are the two things I talked about in either late June or early July 1992. So that's 32 years ago. I thought those were two things that made no sense to me. Gambling was something that was done through was clearly done it was never not going to be done and it was something that was done in the shadows and you know what happens in the shadows you know what happens in the darkness bad things do you know what happens when those things are brought into the light better things maybe not perfect things i'm not suggesting gambling doesn't cause any number of problems what i'm saying is it already was causing an enormous percentage of the problems it will continue to and look at all the benefit that comes from it and so at long last, and perhaps to no one's surprise, it was ultimately a financial decision that drove this. But all the leagues finally realized, why the hell are we not getting a piece of this? This is opening up revenue streams greater than anything we could have ever possibly fathomed. And so that's what's happening. So by five years ago, I think it was moving in this direction. Mm-hmm. 32 years ago, when I said this on the radio for the first time, I never dreamt it would happen. And from where you sit, this has been an overwhelmingly net positive of for sports? Of course. Are you kidding? And you have no concerns about any potential unintended consequences. I have enormous concerns. But I think that the, with every decision, you have to weigh the pros and the cons. Right. I think the pros of this greatly outweigh the cons. And we'll talk more about that as we go. Okay, I can't hit a button, so I will merely say it is time for Hembo's Trivia. Hembo, go. Which... Well, thank you, Cam. Cam. Uh, Which starting quarterback passed for the fewest yards in a Super Bowl win? Which starting quarterback passed for the fewest yards in a Super Bowl win? Good question. Answers next, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. ESPN Radio, starting stronger, starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? 
This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Super week, we're doing it twice a day. Hembo, go. Which starting quarterback passed for the fewest yards in a Super Bowl win? All right, so uh, you want me to go first, Bubs? I, I have a guess. Um, the Super Bowl in which the Steelers beat the Vikings 16-6 to was a very low-scoring game, and Franco Harris was the uh, MVP, which suggests that he ran for a lot of yards in a game that was thoroughly dominated by defense. Um, Joe Green and, and that Steeler defense was unreal in that game. And so in the absence of any other better idea, I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to say Bradshaw, whatever year it was, whatever Super Bowl it was where they beat the Vikings 16-6. to Bubba, go. Yeah, I don't have a great one. Um, I'm going to go with, I know um, he had an unbelievable game as far as completions. I think it was the record Phil Simms, he, and he basically had no incompletions. So I'm, And I think he didn't have a ton of yardage, so I'm going to go Phil Simms. I'm hoping it was kind of a lot of dinking and dunking. A lot of completions, not a lot of yards. Phil Simms. Okay, that's an interesting guess. Cam? I think it's a terrible guess. I do too, but <laughs> I think it's an unbelievably bad guess, but I'm afraid to say that because I've said that a few times and have been proven just to sound like a complete idiot. So I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, which is, Bubba, you're insane. Uh, but let's see what happens. Cam, go. Yeah, I say that, and now I'm about to guess a Hall of Famer. I'm going uh, John Elway in Super Bowl Thirty Two. Right, that was the other one. Terrell had Davis had a the Terrell huge Davis game. Super Bowl. Correct. Th- those I had Elway and Bradshaw written down. I chose between them. What did Bob? I mean, uh, Brandon guess. He has guessed Trent Dilfer. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, that's good. They scored a lot of points in that game, though. They had like a kickback. They had like ten returns, game. though. Yeah. Okay. Well, the guesses are in. No Hembo. Jack. No, no Jack. No Jack today. Uh, the correct answer is Bob Greasy. <laughs> Bob Greasy passed Which for one? 73 yards in Super Bowl Eight. Was that the Washington one or the Minnesota one? The Minnesota one. one. That, what was a the, bum. that was the Larry Zonka game. That was the Larry Zonka Darn. MVP game. I hate it when we all get that wrong. Bob Greasy, if you look at his numbers, he's in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not taking anything away from Bob Greasy. He was a great college player. He won two Super Bowls, led his team to another unbeaten season, even though he was hurt for half of that. You look at his numbers, it's incredible how little he did. Incredible how little he did in those games all through those years. Again, the unbeaten season, Earl Morrill started more games Mm -hmm. that year than Greasy did, including the two playoff games before the Super Bowl. And Greasy just turned around and handed the ball to Larry Zonka, handed it to Jim Kick, handed it to Mercury Morris, the game was very different then, so I'm not trying to suggest that Bob doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. It sounds like that's what you're suggesting. I'm, I'm not. I'm merely pointing out how different the sport was then. He you was have his career numbers seven. in front of you? Uh, do you want play, uh, playoffs what or regular What were you saying, season? Cam? Go ahead. He was six of seven in the game. I just It's funny. I can't believe he threw that few passes. So his uh, win-loss record in the playoffs was six and five, and in those 11 games, he threw 10 touchdowns and 12 picks. What That's a beast. What <laughs> like, like, and, and he's in the Hall of Fame because his teams won all the time. Mm-hmm. But they was, that was the no-name defense, those teams. And, and they were, that's why they did what they did. And Shula and Greasy, look, I'm not trying to take anything away from Bob Greasy. I want to stay with something we were just talking about. As I remind you, you can tune into NBA Action Saturday Night Warriors Suns presented by Indeed. Coverage 8 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. What, what, we were talking about legalizing gambling a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And what did you say to me during a break? I said that I think we are on the precipice of an enormous gambling scandal, controversy, fill in the blank, 
of its kind in sports, something comparable to Tim Donaghy or something of that magnitude. Okay, well, let me, let me just, I want to make sure you're aware because of your youth mm-hmm. and because what you follow most closely are all the numbers, all the accomplishments and all that, that that has been going on forever, right? That we have had that going back to the, in the 1950s, major college basketball scandals to the one that happened at Arizona State not that long ago. I did the first ever interview with the, with the central figure of the Arizona State point-shaving scandal to Tim Donaghy to college football scandals and, and any number of others. So this would not be new. I'm just making sure we have that on the table. Of course not. Okay. It would not be new. Right. What I'm saying is the legalization of gambling. Now, in 38 states is not going to prevent such an occurrence from happening. The, the availability of it is going to make the possibility greater. We have seen a number of NFL players suspended. We saw an LSU player arrested a couple weeks ago. And we saw the Alabama baseball coach get a 15-year show cause because he was texting a bookie trying to put in a bet for $150,000 on an LSU-Alabama baseball game because he was like, you know what? My starting pitcher's not going to go, and I'm going to tell this guy before I tell the other team's coach. What I'm saying is this is going to happen on a big scale. It's just inevitable. And the fact that everyone can do this now on their phone in 76% of the states in the union and having all the impact and having all the access that we do now, I think, that, I think the idea that we're not going to have something like this happen in sports because it's so prevalent as Pollyannish. We're going to have something enormous in sports with a, with a central figure who gets hooked in a way that is going to completely detonate this process. Okay. No, it's not going to detonate the process. It's going to detonate the perception of it. Well, I don't know what people's perception of it is. Then their perception is wrong. Do you know what it is doing? It is generating millions, if not billions of dollars in revenue, mm-hmm. which is taxable oh, and yeah. all that sort of thing. It is no longer where you're betting with a guy on the corner who will break your leg or something much worse if you don't pay it off. The, 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 the fears, the concerns that people have about people developing gambling problems or those being exasperated by the ease with which bets can be made, those are real. And that is why I always point out 1-800-GAMBLING whenever we do an advertisement for it or anything else. As far as the possibility for games to be fixed that has always existed Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think anyone who's paying who i don't let's just to speak for myself i don't think this has any impact on that whatsoever i don't think it makes it more or less likely that that happens no if anything maybe a little bit less because there's so much regulation on it now any on anything unusual any super unusual gambling activity will probably be more seen now than it would have been otherwise like if you try to make it a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bet on ESPN Bet, someone's going to notice that real fast. Um, whereas if you were making that bet, like, look, I'll just use, I'll tell you the. Well, I only have a minute here. I will tell you exactly how the Arizona State thing happened. Mm. I did the interview, and I'm telling you, it would not have happened. Well, it wouldn't have happened nearly as easily if gambling had been legal. So I don't think. I don't think this is a net negative in that regard. But clearly, legalized gambling comes with some cons. There are things about it that are not good. But I think, personally, the pros greatly outweigh it. You sound like you do not. I'm still on the fence. I, because I think just having, I think especially so many young people, so many potential athletes, having access 
to, to sort of controlling all these things, all it takes is one bad actor. It takes one bad actor. And before that was certainly possible. But the easy access that people now have to it, I think, is going to cause an enormous issue. I think the point. suspensions help. I think players see what, they could, what this could do to their careers and their lives. We'll talk about this more as we continue. It's important. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.